You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is time once again for our community spotlight. And of course, the month of June is Pride Month, and that gives us a chance to visit with Joe Hawkins again, CEO, co-founder of the LGBTQ Community Center, which opened in 2017. And now greater things are happening with the Glenn Burke Wellness Clinic. Uh, Joe, it's great to visit with you again. Uh, a lot of things have happened in a year for your group there with the Wellness Clinic. Uh, bring me up to speed on what that has meant for the LGBTQ community to have the Glenn Burke Wellness Clinic up and running uh, in the magnitude that it is right now. Well, I wanna first thank the Oakland A's for having us. This is amazing. And have being so supportive of the Oakland LGBTQ Community Center. As I shared in the past, when we first learned about Glenn Burke, about in 2016, we were really surprised that not many people were honoring him. Here was Major League Baseball's first out gay player sort of having been pushed under the rug, so to speak. We decided to honor him by creating the clinic that we think that he would have wanted. He passed away in uh, 1995 of HIV and AIDS-related complications. But we've created this clinic, and when we opened it last year, we knew that there's this huge void in Oakland, unlike San Francisco. Today, we're serving just so many people and linking them to the primary care they need. People don't understand just how difficult it could be for a person who is LGBTQ, meaning uh, a person who is gay, a person who is trans, a person who is bi, come out to their provider. But when you walk into the Oakland LGBTQ Center, there are people like you everywhere. And there's a, a feeling of safety that people have expressed. Just being able to get medical care uh, that's not that, that doesn't stigmatize them. And so we're we're very very happy. We knew that this would happen in the community and the state government and the city and the county have supported us with funding as well as individuals. So to help sustain this work, so it's been pretty incredible. George, we uh, record this conversation tonight. The Los Angeles Dodgers have Glenn Burke Pride Night. They have a sellout tonight at Dodger Stadium. The A's Pride Night this year will be on June 17th. So that continues the tradition here at the Coliseum. But, you know, the community center has been around since 2017. It's on Lakeshore Drive. How much has that grown? Just that building. What has the people that have come through that building and the, the warmth they felt and the safety they felt going in there, what has that meant to you and everybody in the LGBTQ community? Well, let, let me start by the, I wanted to comment about the Los Angeles Dodgers because that's where Glenn Burke was first. So they were the first to blackball him. <laughs> but at the same time, that is where Glenn Burke was able to go and play in the World Series with, uh, with Dusty Baker and where he was credited with creating the High Five. And also they're about to make a movie about his life. Just imagine being feeling discriminated against and demonized for being who you are, and then 
having this space open that not only provides you with, uh, you know, a welcoming environment, but mental health support, uh, substance abuse recovery support, medical support, um, yeah, emergency housing support. You know, here in Oakland, about 70% uh, of the unhoused population is Black even though black people only make up about 23% of the population now here in Oakland. Uh, and a disproportionate number of those people are LGBTQ people. Imagine in a very expensive area trying to find shared housing, but if people perceive you as gay or, or trans, they don't want you to be a part of their shared housing experience. That often pushes people onto the streets. And so we have been able to thanks to the uh, funding support of Citigroup to uh, launch our own emergency housing and rental assistance program so people don't have to be on the streets. Um, so people get to come to a one roof, sort of all under one roof uh, uh, multi-service center to have their needs met. So it, it, it's, and it's great that it's a warm environment too. So we feel very fortunate. Joe Hawkins joining us in our community spotlight. Uh, he and Jeffrey Myers, co-founders of the LGBTQ Community Center and have the Glenn Burke Wellness Clinic. Joe, the reality of day-to-day -day life is a challenge for the community because they're almost abandoned, they're, they're ignored, and they're, and they're not allowed to, to feel like they're in, a, they're in a safe space. I know the community center does a whole lot, but when people want to get out, get jobs, and you mentioned get housing, and just live their lives uh, in a peaceful way, how are you helping them in, in that regard? It's a daily challenge, I know. What's your sense about fights on a daily basis? Well, let me say this, during the pandemic, a lot of people have been locked in. And as a result, I remember about in 2020, near the end of 2020, I had a parent literally drop their child off in front of the center and say, you take them. And it was because they were trans. So when you have these kinds of situations, thanks to Amazon and other supporters, we've been able to open a, a LGBTQ specific center in downtown Oakland now just for the youth, uh, because we really believe youth need a space that they feel is their own. And, and we now have that. But being able to have services that can help people in crisis if you're abandoned by your parents, you're gonna need mental health support. And we have that. You're gonna need a group of friends who can relate to what you've been through. We've been able to provide that. You know, this has all happened, Vince, in just five years. And what that speaks to is the neglect in Oakland uh, for this community. So people have gravitated to it like bees to honey because it's something they have needed and we're providing the services. And I can't say that the community doesn't support us because the community has supported us in major ways. During the pandemic, we were vandalized. I won't go into the details, but they broke our windows and the San Jose Sharks stepped up and paid for all of the, the repairs, also helped us to pay for a, a security system that we could have on site. So. Our, the Bay Area is incredible, 
and the sports teams from the, the Oakland A's to the Warriors, the San Jose Sharks have all been supportive of the Oakland LGBTQ Community Center. And that just makes the work a lot easier for us because we know that people expect to be rejected, but we expected people to step up and they have just like the Oakland A's have. Joe, I've mentioned this before and I had no problem mentioning it anytime anybody asks me. Our daughter, Sophia, identifies as asexual. She is a person that suffers from anxiety and depression. She takes medication. She goes to work every day. She has good days. She has bad days. Her friends know that our house is a haven for them if, God forbid, they're in a situation where they feel unsafe. And we've had, you know, smiles and laughs and parties. My daughter went to work today with a shirt that said, love is love. So it just, it, she, she keeps it very, very simple about, about who she is. And we're fortunate that, that we're able to protect her in, in a certain way. But the reality is this, is that people in the LGBTQ community deal with suicide and fighting those demons on a daily basis. I just want to put the numbers out there first and get you to respond to it. The suicide hotline is 800-273-8255. The LGBTQ Youth Crisis Line is 866-488-7386. The Trans Lifeline is 877-565-8860. These are all on the website, which I want you to get to, and it's important. But talk to the realism of, of dealing with that on a daily basis, trying to yeah. fight off uh, those thoughts for kids. I want to talk about some stats overall with as it relates to what's happening with youth. Now, you don't hear much much about HIV and AIDS anymore, but according to uh, researchers, one in two black gay youth and bisexual and trans will become HIV infected in their lifetime. One in two. For the Lat Latino and Latinx community, one in four. The substance use, opioid and and meth, crystal meth use rates are twice for LGBTQ people what it is for their heterosexual counterparts. The LGBTQ youth uh, have a rate of 40% higher for being becoming homeless than their straight counterparts. So it's just across the board. When you look at most metrics, uh, LGBTQ people are disproportionately impacted. And so it is urgent. Again, though, we have been very fortunate to be able to get the services that people need here and be able to offer that to people who really want, want the help. Over the years through the community center, been around now for five years, how much have you built uh, an army of mentors, an army of success stories that can come back in and tell their stories or just provide those few minutes of sitting together and say, I was in that chair that you're sitting in right now and thinking this, and this is where I am now. What has that been like? Yeah. If you go to our website, we have video of testimonials from people, but we're actually updating those testimonials right now. But we definitely have so many, many of our volunteers were people who needed help, and now they're employees of the center. So, you know, we have youth who came in 2017 who now work here. So it's, it's, it's really great to be able to not only help the community, but provide jobs to the LGBTQ community here. 
that are good jobs, that allow them to have a fair wage and work in a field that they're passionate about. You know, we're very, very grateful to have been blessed <laughs> with this desire to open the center. It, it really is a gift. And, and we're watching it uh, bear fruit in some amazing ways, so. Joe, can you put it even in stronger perspective where you were in 2017 and what the community center's been able to do now as we sit at 2022, even though there was a pandemic mixed right in the middle of it? Well, in 2017, the center was renting one office in a co-working space. And we learned about three months in that we were, that the operator was being evicted. So we were about to, just as we started, we were about to be homeless. <laughs> and so we, uh, I literally went to the store downstairs below us and asked them if they had the, if they had the number to the owner of the building. I contacted the owner, he called me back. He said, Joe, what happens when people don't pay their rent? And we said, oh, so it's true. The operator is being evicted. He said, yeah, and if you are you renting from them? I said, yes, we are. He said, then you're gonna be evicted too. And I said, well, I don't wanna be evicted. <laughs> and he said, let me get some information from you. And then about a day later, he called us and said, you have the first right of refusal. Uh, it's gonna take us a couple of months to get that person out, but January 18th, we took it over and we have grown ever since. So we were in a position where we were renting one small office. That was the community center. Five years later, we have a budget of about 5 million and we're, we have a clinic, we have a new youth center, we have mental health services, we have recovery services. That's a pretty dramatic change from almost being homeless to, to being a, le a, a leader in providing LGBTQ services here in the Bay Area. Joe Hawkins joining us from the LGBTQ Community Center here in Oakland. Uh, you, you express uh, such great success stories over the past five years, and yet you're on the front lines each and every day. What do you hope is next? Continue to try to build awareness, build safety, and, and build opportunities. And also, Joe, remind people of the website and, and all the things that are on the website, including the opportunity for people to participate in either as a volunteer or even to donate. So our website is um, uh, www.oaklandlgbtqcenter.org. You can also Google that. Um, and on our website, we have the links for volunteer opportunities uh, so that you can see what our services are. You can become a major sponsor. This uh, June kicks off our season of pride. So this is one of our biggest fundraising periods. It, it goes from June 1st all the way through to our anniversary in Oakland Pride Fest, which will be in September. And we it's really how we raise funds to uh, be able to do what we do. So you can donate uh, through, through, through our website. Um, and I, you know, one thing I do wanna say that I would not, I would be, not telling the truth if I said that when I first started doing this work back in the 80s, that it was because I was out and proud, because that's not how it happened for me. 
I was very closeted. I'm a dad. I uh, my son um, was, you know, I was just getting out of the military um, after having had a very successful career in the military, and um, there was a situation where my son was about to be taken away from me uh, after we learned that his mother had been killed in a fire. And that process uh, landed me on national television. I was on the Oprah Winfrey show. And that advocacy, that started my advocacy because I almost lost my own child. And can you imagine that someone would try to take your child away from you because you're gay? And the system tried to do that. And fast forward, I, I was very clear that LGBTQ people need to have advocacy services in place when you find yourself in those situations because I knew everyone would not have an Oprah Winfrey like I did, which allowed me to win custody of my son, which was bizarre to me. Why am I winning custody of my son? after his mom died. Um, and so, but I, 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 and my son today is doing amazing. I have three beautiful grandchildren. And, uh, but, but it was the passion for the work that I do come from that situation. And, uh, and I'm just hoping that, and I watch workers, our staff with the same kind of passion. It's infectious actually. And they they wanted they want to keep the work going, you know. Freedom. You can never stop fighting for freedom. It's a it's an ongoing thing. So you, the, we should never get too comfortable, because as we see with wars happening around the world, uh, freedom is something that you have to fight for. Joe, also, I mean, there, there's wars within our own country, wars of words and wars of laws and, and wars of uh, people wanting to uh, pretend like if I can ignore it, it'll go away. And it, why can't we just be the melting pot that we are? And those are challenges that the LGBT, the LGBTQ community has on a daily basis. And it's, it's getting harder. But your success story is such an inspiration because you never know when you're going to be tapped on the shoulder, right? You didn't, you, you weren't asking for it. <laughs> I didn't ask for it. Happen, and then you found out that it was inside you. And I think as you have all sorts of uh, kids and, and, uh, and adults come through the community center, they, they hear that story and they just want, they just want to live, man. It's not that it's hard. True. They just want to live. They want to smile. They want to enjoy life. They want to work. They want to, they want to be a, a contributes to the, to the betterment of their community. That's not asking a whole lot of you. There are so many other places where it seems like uh, their their goal in life is is to knock you down. And I give you a lot of credit for being able to stand up time and time again because, like I said, our house we we live it, we see it, you know, happening in real time as well, not as dramatic as what's happening to you. But we've had those conversations. You know, you, when you've got kids that are in you know in the community, and when you have kids that are dealing with anxiety and depression, it's it is a really really dark. And you have to you have to have the, the most frankest of conversations with those kids about what what those thoughts are inside their head. And sometimes you break through and sometimes you don't. But the, the fortunate thing is that they feel love. And our exactly. our daughter feels feels the love of, of her parents 
and the love of her friends who, who we love as well. Vince, can I say something to you? Sure. Thank you for loving your child because so many, there's so many other, there's the other yeah. flip side of that is it's not as common. So you, to you and your wife, thank you for being an ally. We need you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Joe. It's, 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 I mean, the only way that Veronica and I look at it is that's what parents do. And she's our daughter and she's not any, you know, she's not any less loved than her older brother and her older sister. They're all loved the same. And some days I like one more than the other, like we all do as parents, but uh, we love them all the same. So Joe, I just, uh, I just want to thank you again for doing this again. Uh, Pride night at, at the uh, Coliseum will be on June 17th. That is Pride month. It's an important time in the community and uh, Joe Hawkins, you and the folks at the community center doing great work. And thank you so much for joining us once again, our community spotlight. All right. We'll see you all there. Happy pride month, everyone. This has been a presentation of the Oakland athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.